The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver and we're going to be talking about hard assets that have stood the test of time. We're talking about physical gold, physical silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. We have a motto here at Guildhall Wealth. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. And all of our investments you can hold directly in your hand, whether you're buying directly and taking home delivery, storing your physical product in one of our vault facilities, or even storing it in an IROC-approved uh, RRSP TFSA RIF, LIF, you name it, even RESPs, all physical, all purely allocated and segregated product that you can go to the vault and personally audit. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I am joined today with Darren Long. Darren, I want to get started with last week. We talked about the fact that if gold breaks 1750, uh, we're in very, very good position. And in actual fact, I noticed uh, even just on a daily chart here that uh, gold did break 1750. Uh, it's been a wild ride today because we were up at 1760 something, dropped all the way down to 1748, and now we're back up into the 1770s again, uh, 1760s. So I like I like what we're seeing there. How about you? Well, it marks. As we come to close here, uh, taping on Friday, the third weekly rise for gold in a row. And it's certainly from guidance standpoint, looking as though uh, the closes above 1750, as we had said, uh, will produce 1800 range. And it's well on its way back to its all-time U.S. dollar high of 1920. So it's an exciting week. Uh, Silver's also gaining some steam here. It has turned positive on the year as we're taping the show. So it's a very good reason to celebrate. Uh, gold remains up about 16.5% year-to-date at 1766, while silver is up about 1% on the year at 1785. And uh, both those numbers coming into the close this afternoon will hopefully hold. And if they do, we, we expect that the prices will rise uh, further in, in the next week or so. And there's lots to talk about in the show today that supports that notion. Yeah, I was just going to say exactly that. Thank you for the segue there, Darren, which is that a lot of the things that we're going to bring to the table today, specifically the the downgrading of the rating of, of Canada and also the supply element on, we're going to talk specifically about silver, but how the supply dynamics in the silver market will affect the pricing going forward. I think it would surprise many Canadians to find out that gold right now is actually up 21.8% so far this year in 2020, and it was up 13% last year in Canadian dollars. So, you know, after 15 plus years and only one down year, uh, I think we really need to bust that myth that gold is a volatile metal or a volatile investment. We don't necessarily view precious metals as an investment because you're simply just buying a hard asset and protecting your wealth against things like malinvestment that, you know, the Bank of International Settlements or the IMF would talk about, you know, interest rates are low, but what that's doing is it's creating people putting investments in bad places and you're getting all of these bad investments everywhere. Meanwhile, 
let's turn to the the Canadian government. They've decided to backstop corporate debt, uh, backstop the stock market, backstop uh, mortgages, backstop everything. And that obviously came at a major detriment to their ratings. Tell us about it, Darren. Well, in terms of the ratings, uh, one rating agency, uh, one rating agency in Fitch, uh, actually downgraded Canada's uh, standing in the in the global community to triple from triple A down to double A, and had this to say that the pandemic lockdown measures and depressed global oil demand uh, are likely to cause a severe recession in the Canadian economy. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about it over the last few weeks, Jeremy, in terms of what the change in expectations have been with the coronavirus. We went from yeah. what would be a projected $25 billion deficit in Canada this year to what is now projected to be around $300 billion. We are above, in fact, the $200 billion mark already and on our way well to, uh, to, to $300 billion. And that doesn't come without a cost. However, Jeremy, um, most people might look at this and say, okay, well, we're getting downgraded. That certainly falls hand in hand with recession and the notion of that. But for me, it's a huge concern because, as we were saying off air, I think this is the uh, moment where the government says, okay, no, no more pressure on our shoulders. No more concerns about trying to maintain something we don't have to maintain. We've been downgraded one step. Turn on the printing presses. Let's go full steam ahead. Let's do whatever it takes to maintain our economy at this point in time. And that's a huge concern because, as you know, debt is the killer of growth. Yeah, and I think that... Um you know, it's convenient to say, well, it had to be done and be sympathetic to the fact that um, central banks threw out the book and said, we don't care about debt anymore. This is way more important. Um, you know, that leads to questions about, you know, did, did they handle it correctly? Were there ways they could have kept the economy going in some ways after the initial panic was over, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, we don't need to go into that, that, that today. That's a completely different uh, subject. But I think we have to start with how bad things were before this happened and how convenient now that this has happened for them to what they use, uh, what they're calling public spending, right? So Fitch is saying the higher deficit is largely driven by public spending as if that's just some innocuous word, which it's not. Government loves to spend other people's money. Um, you know, it's public spending where you don't have a choice of where they're putting it. You didn't ask them to buy uh, corporate debt or monetize the, the, the debt instruments that they already have or backstop mortgages. Like you were given no choice in all of that. And where does it lead down the road? And how do we know that that's going to guarantee higher prices in precious metals? Well, you just need to stay tuned to The Real Money Show. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver It's The Real Money Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver Darren, we were just talking about Canada losing its AAA rating. You were saying, in some ways, this opens the door because now that they don't have to defend the AAA, now they can pretty much do whatever they want because they're in a whole different lower level, so the expectations aren't there. Um, in other words, 
um, countries like Austria, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Norway, Singapore, Sweden, and Switzerland, well, they're still AAA rated, so they have expectations. We do not. Well, again, with respect to our AAA rating, what it means to us is that if it gets any worse than AA, the cost of borrowing is going to rise. Or if a secondary agency comes in uh, and downgrades us from AAA to, to AA, uh, then again, the risk of, of higher costs to borrow money from the international stage will be there. But um, a lot of economists are asking what took so long, uh, because Canada's excessively leveraged national balance sheet has been looking a lot like many other countries around the world, dare I say it, but it looks very similar to China, Italy, Greece, and it's been that way for quite a while. And, of course, we are not those countries. We are wholly different, but uh, with respect to the balance sheet, numbers certainly don't have uh, any bias. They are what they are. And So, for me, when I look at it in the grand scheme of things, you better protect yourself because the country's finances are starting to look uh, just about as pooched as those of the Canadian, um, you know, as most Canadians. And, and ultimately, that's not a good thing for us going forward. And um, again, another sign, Jeremy, that this is leading to something bigger than we've had before. There is no footprint or blueprint that we can look at historically that uh, tells us this is how it's going to play out. This is brand new. It's a brand new time and place that. You know, if you want to look at it in terms of a science experiment, we're the guinea pigs. And this is going to play out right in front of us. And nobody knows what the answer is because we cannot determine how long it's going to take uh, for the economy to get back on its feet to some sense of normality, if, if ever. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Learn about physical precious metals and natural fancy colored diamonds. Darren, you hit on something very interesting that I think we need to pay attention to. That because we've been downgraded, if it gets any worse, then our, co- then our cost to borrow is going to become more expensive. So if you think about what happened to Greece, right? When you think about countries where, you know, if you want to buy a bond from that country, the return on it is astronomical because no one trusts the value of the dollar. And we've been getting away with, with this idea that our dollar is worth something only because the credit agencies gave us that credit. So at what point do you fall off the top of the mountain where people no longer give you that credibility? They no longer say, you know what, we know you've been printing a ton of money now that the rating agency has downgraded us. And, and hey, hopefully we can get back to uh, a great rating. Maybe we can. We'll see what happens. Like you said, it's an experiment. But the fact is, is this comes down to credibility and faith in the currency. Now, every person I speak to, we talk about inflation. And we say, government says it's 2%. Real world inflation, when you go to buy groceries, or you used to go out for dinner, uh, maybe your Uber prices are going up, maybe your food prices are going up. Okay, gas prices are down because no one's going to work, but prices all over the place are rising. Is it only at 2% a year, or is it more like 5% a year or more? Because if that was the case, Let's say it's only 4%. That means every decade you're losing 40% of your purchasing power. Now, if the government is printing money like crazy, what is that going to do to your purchasing power as that dollar loses more and more value, right? And at what point are you forced to pay more for the lack of value? How do you protect against it? Well, that's where the physical precious metals come in. 
gold is a great way to sniff out inflation. It always has done that job. Don't you agree, Darren? Not only has it always done that job, but it's in doing its job uh, been one of, if not the single best assets along with silver in growth during those periods. If you look at the 70s, the last major bout of inflation where we had double-digit mortgage rates, double-digit interest rates where people put their money into savings accounts and actually made money, uh, there was a tremendous growth in the value of an ounce of gold and silver. And during during that period of time, gold jumped up some 2,300%, while silver jumped up some 2,000%. And um, you know that's where we are right now. And I mean, the last couple of weeks, Jeremy, I would agree with you. Until the last couple of weeks, the gas prices were, in fact, coming down. And we're all driving less. We know that. But if you look at gas, buddy, uh, dot com. The average price of a liter of gas in Toronto right now is over ninety two between ninety two and ninety seven percent, and uh, ninety seven cents. And that, to me, again, says that very quietly behind the scenes. Not only have groceries and the cost of living expenses risen during this period of time, that but also we're back to where we were in terms of a liter of gas. There's no discount right now. We were all happy and excited when it first occurred, but a barrel of oil is back up to. Uh, about almost $39 per barrel U.S., and that's where it was before we got into this whole coronavirus situation. And I expect, Jeremy, that during this time we'll see a repeat of history, which is that gold and silver will fly tremendously high during this period. Prices will gain steam, and we're likely to see our clients who have made the smart decision to hold gold and silver make a ton of money. Yeah, we know. Look, in, in the 70s, there was stagflation. Economy wasn't going anywhere, but inflation was going up. They lifted the gold standard. Gold goes from $35 an ounce to $850 an ounce. Silver goes from under $3 an ounce up to $50 an ounce. Um, these are very different times. The debts are much bigger. There's much uh, more people involved in the market. There's less opportunities out in the market. And we can talk about why we think a lot of the opportunities that they make it, the mainstream media makes it look as though they're there. They really aren't. Things like the stock market being high or real estate uh, continuing to chug along. Um, but let's talk about supply. Why the supply, specifically on silver, is going to have a dynamic effect on these markets. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. We are talking about gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. What is going to affect the incredible rise in prices of these hard assets that have stood the test of time? One of the ways we know that is because you can put an ounce of gold in the ground and 3,000 years later, pull it out of the ground and it's exactly the same. That is the sort of trust that people are looking for in these uncertain times. So far in the show, we've talked about inflation. We've talked about the downgrading of the uh, rating of, of Canada. We didn't mention that the GDP has gone from 89 debt to GDP to over 110% debt to GDP, which is definitely going to be a massive burden on us Canadians going forward. But one of the things, Darren, that I want to turn our attention to is supply. We've seen 
a lack of it. We've been desperate to get more product into the market, uh, especially silver. It dried up very, very quickly back in March. And just as we started to get some physical mar product back into the market, now they're talking about additional shutdowns in the, in the States. And what would that look like on, on our market today? More importantly, what's happened to the mine supply in the last few months? And you wanted to bring an article to the table, and I have one of my own. So let's get started with yours. Well, uh, I went to SilverSeek, and they had an article, an update, which was written by Jeff Clark. He's uh, the senior uh, precious metals analyst at goldsilver.com, and um, he had this to say, that the annual data for uh, silver supply has come in, and we now know it shows that the structural decline in new supply for the silver market is strengthened. Uh, he believes it's not temporary, and it can't be easily resolved or reversed, and Again, we've been talking for years, and this points out that mine production in silver is really just a small group of companies around the world that are actually doing this right now. This structural change in world economies and the expectation of world recession does not bode well for new exploration and for uh, exploratory research and development of new lands. And 80%, as we know, or more of silver supply coming out of the ground is coming as a byproduct of other types of mining. And so basically, according to the CPM group, this article says that global mine production fell for the fourth consecutive year in 2019. And this was before COVID-19 struck and temporarily uh, shuttered operations. So further decline this year is already baked into the cake. Um, what he says in the article is that most estimates he's seen are for silver mine output to drop by at least 10% in 2020. Well, we already know it's near impossible to to to, to look ahead and, and to judge by crystal ball what the production will be like. But being in the industry as long as we have, Jeremy, we certainly do have a good feel and our finger on the pulse for what is available. And right now it's just it's horrifying to look ahead. Uh, the Royal Canadian Mint has all but stopped the production of 100-ounce silver bars to focus on other products. Uh, along with that, there have been numerous problems with other fabricators and um, mints around the world, from understaffing and COVID effects to uh, missing parts in the Asahi facility that had to be ordered and take you know a few months to get there. Very big pieces to big machines that do fabrication work. And this is all coming at a time when it was already uh, silver mine production that was in decrease. So from that perspective, if we look at that, I mean, ultimately, no matter what happens on paper, and these paper markets are really annoying, and we know this, there is going to be a significant drop in the amount of supply going forward from here out. Guildhall right now, Jeremy, in fact, may be the single largest holder of 100-ounce Royal Canadian bars available to the public in all of Canada, or dare I say, even possibly North America. Yeah, it's interesting, Darren, because they're actually selling at a premium. They're more expensive to buy 100-ounce bars than silver maples because obviously mm -hmm. the Royal Canadian Mint is producing silver maples. So we've been able to get those into the market. The number, 18778Silver. The website, if you want to look at uh, some of the products and some of the different various ways to get involved in the physical gold and silver market is guildhallwealth.com. Uh, Darren, an article came out from Steve St. Angelo. He's been on our show before. He talks a lot about energy and its effect on the economy and such, but he wrote an article about uh, specifically the Peru silver mine production. And year over year, it's down 74% 
from 322 metric tons in April of 2019. April 2020, just a mere 85 metric tons. Now, this also has to be set up against, okay, so for everyone listening, it's not just that mine production is down, but when the price of silver is ratioed at over 100 to 1 against gold, one ounce of gold is going gonna, is gonna to run you, you know, $2,600, $2,700 Canadian, and over a hundred and a hundred ounce bar is going to cost you about twenty nine hundred dollars so that's almost a hundred ounces of silver to one ounce of gold so you also have to think about the sheer amount of silver being purchased against the gold market and you can start to see that not only is production down but because of where the price is you're able to buy that much more silver against gold we have this is the the most craziest market ever and it's also an incredible opportunity because there is no way that these ratios can stay like this there's no way that the price of silver on paper could be 17 but it actually costs you 22 us right that's a big ratio that's a big spread but at the end of the day that is showing you that the paper price is sending a false signal to the market that there's plenty of product out there when there's not Go look around. Go try to get a whole bunch. Do your own research. Test our hypothesis. You'll see that there's not a lot of physical product out there. Now, what's going to happen when the next panic hits? And the next panic might not be a pandemic. The next panic might be inflation, right? The next panic might be um, a lack of, of credit, a lack of trust in the currency. We've seen it before. It's happened before. So we want people to be early to that party and we we congratulate and thank all of our clients who have been a part of that movement forward but there's so much more to do and we want people to protect their wealth so keep listening to the real money show the website guildhallwealth.com the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver again this is the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto welcome back to the real money show brought to you by guild hall wealth the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com we are talking about all things hard assets and uh, specifically what's going to happen in the next uh, probably decade with the onset of inflation and all of this money printing. Um, we're joined now by President Paul Wiseman. Paul, as you know, we've been discussing the idea that the Canadian um, government has been downgraded uh, in terms of their rating. This opens the door to printing more money, although, although it does bring into question the value of our dollar, which I think is ultimately the question that gold answers by the price moving higher. It, it, it is that uh, uh, the canary in the coal mine in that sense. Now, we've also talked about the supply, as you know, and, and that, uh, for example, Peru's supply is down 75% year over year. We didn't discuss the fact that since 50% of silver is mined as a byproduct of copper, zinc, and gold, that is also down. So we have these supply structure deficits going on, and it's very difficult to get a hold of product. But we are getting a hold of product, and we do offer product in in accounts like RSPs and TFSAs. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Well, the problem is that there is no silver out there. 
to fill orders like 100-ounce silver bars. Uh, none of the refiners, none of the mints, uh, as far as we know, have been giving product to dealers. Um, we feel that a lot of this product has gone to institutions, and there could be a reason for that because you know, people are demanding delivery of product. And if you've been selling futures, options on futures, ETFs, right. um, certificates, um, who knows if that product is really there at any one time. Sure. Like we do know that that uh, the amount of promises out there could be as much as 500 to 1. So if you have a bunch of people who are looking to take physical delivery and you've made all those promises, you have an issue. Yeah, that's why, you know, when we do... First of all, let's talk about the best investment you can ever make is in a TFSA where you can put, if you've never invested before, 69500 Canadian. This year it was $6,000 that you could put into the account. We feel that gold and silver is extremely undervalued. And if you look at gold, it's given an incredible return over the last 10, 12 years, around about 10% a year on gold. Yeah, gold has averaged 10% a year for the last probably, it's actually 20 years. The chart we follow, it does only f 15 years. But in the last 15 years, we've had one down year. We've had multiple years of double digits. The last two years in Canadian dollars, gold has had double digit gains, over 20% so far this year. Okay, so now let's get back to silver. Why isn't silver, you know, the, the normal ratio has been for 5,000 years, 32 to 1, we're trading and ratios now of about 100 to 1. Silver has been so undervalued and it's been manipulated. You know, let's call... It's a small market. Yeah, that would be no, easy. Let's call what it is it is. Yeah. I mean, it's been manipulated, you know, all the way back to the Hunt brothers when they tried to corner the market. Mm -hmm. But we have, we call them banksters, not the, the bullion banks. They've been manipulating this market for a long, long time. I watch every morning. I watch silver go down, goes up 30 cents in the night and then goes down 30 cents, you know, as soon as the market opens. That's a 50, 60 cent move every day times 30 days, well, not 30 days, 20 days trading. You know, that's a big move on silver. They don't have to move it up to $50. They can just leave it, trade it paper, 50 cents every day, 30 cents, 20 cents every day. By the end of the month, it's up 4 or $5 that they've made. But we do know that JP Morgan has amassed probably the largest supply of physical silver in their coffers. Yeah, uh, it would make sense that they're short in the market and they're buying the physical because sooner or later they know the market's going to go through the roof. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the other bullion banks is out of the business. There originally was six. They're down to two. Um, you know, I feel that this, the price of silver is going to go through the, through the roof. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting if, uh, you know, you, you say the word manipulation, right? The problem is, is you have to sit there and say, someone says, oh, I, I don't, no, I don't want to get into this market. They're manipulating the price to the downside. Oh, really? Because the Fed just bought as much corporate debt to keep the stock market up to all-time highs. Every market is, market is being manipulated, but what matters is what you have in your hand. Yeah. But, right? but, let's, but let's get back to gold. Gold has gone up over the last 15 years, an average of 10%. Silver hasn't, I mean, we did reach a high uh, in 2011 of, you know, $49 and change. Gold was at 1920-odd, whatever it is. Silver has not kept up with gold because it's such a small market, the silver market. It has been able to be manipulated. You know, you can push people around when it's a small market. Gold is not such a small market. It's held all over the world. 
um, and all the gold that's ever, ever been mined is still above ground. That tells you something. Whether it's in coins, whether it's in jewelry, whether it's in teeth, it's still above ground. Whether it's in investment, it's still there. And what we can do is we can talk about how that gets broken. How does silver break the chains and go fantastically higher to what I believe will be triple digits? We'll do that in the next segment. The phone number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. The phone number one eight seven seven eight silver The website guildhallwealth.com. We are talking about hard assets that have stood the test of time, specifically gold and silver right now. And Paul, in the last segment, we were talking about silver, that it's a very small market. At the end of the day, there there is a lot of paper out there, not a lot of physical, which is what we focus on. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. How does this market break? How does the price of silver go from where it is right now, which obviously there's an issue already because the spot price is just under 18 and it costs, you know, what used to be a dollar 40, dollar 30 over spot. Now it's a good $4 over spot. So obviously the paper price is sending the wrong signal to the market. How does this break? How does the physical market break this chain and the price goes to $50 or triple digits, which is where we all think it can go? It's supply and demand. I mean, if there's no product out there, prices will go up. Now, the the paper price is traded. It's, again, I'm going to say the word manipulated. It's manipulated. Physical product is not manipulated. It doesn't make no difference. If you buy a 100-ounce bar of silver and it's $20 US as an example, it doesn't matter if the paper price drops to $10. You've still got that 100-ounce bar of silver in your hand. It always goes back up when they knock it down. It's a game. Yeah, like even even in the last couple months, right, Darren? The price went from we were trading around eighteen fifty. They they it got knocked down to below twelve dollars. Eleven sixty. We're back up to to eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars, and again, that's without the spread. So the physical product is in demand. Anybody that's got half a brain should just be buying physical product. You hold it. You you stockpile it. You know that's what you do. And eventually, you know, gold is for your golden years. You don't day, You don't have to day trade it. You just buy it. You store it. You buy it every every month, whatever it is, um, or you put it into a TFSA, a tax-free savings account, or a registered RSP or a Lira, whatever account it is. But have the physical product. They can do whatever they want to do with paper. But it's like fiat currency. Sooner or later, fiat currency becomes watered down. The more you print, the more it gets watered down, and all they do is confiscate your wealth. And you're going back to Canada, we've got our rating dropped because they're printing money. Yeah. They're giving it away. Yeah. They're giving it to people that don't want to come back to work. They don't have to work. If you're giving them $2,000 a month to sit at home, who wants to go back to work? Especially if all summer now. Yeah, but again, you know, it, it doesn't matter we need to understand that physical product is the winner. He who's got all the toys, he who's got the money, has got the product, is going to win in the long run. Silver could easily go to $100. Gold could go to $5,000. they are talking about $10,000 gold. 
the stock market as an example one stock yesterday this we're taping the show friday afternoon nike i'm listening to all the talking heads whether it's on cnbc or bbn whatever it is bloomberg they're all saying well you know nike is a great trading ring because of the covid you know they've got a wonderful platform they didn't hit their numbers so all of a sudden all every retailer you know the market came down today people sold off gold and silver early this morning to pay for their margin calls in the stock market and then gold and silver went back up again right someone bought on the dip darren what do you think is going to break the back and of the market and send silver to 50 or a hundred dollars plus well i think recognizing what the largest suppliers are doing is one part of the puzzle that's going to have a unique uh, bearing on the outcome of price and we were talking earlier in the show about mine production look at the top largest producing countries in the world number one is mexico number two is china number three is peru all of them and again you can throw in australia chile uh, kazakhstan argentina even the u.s if you look since 2016 there is a dip of roughly 16 percent Again, this is not necessarily indicative of saying Silver Peak has reached, but there have been no new mine discoveries. There are no new major mines that have come online in the last foreseeable decade or more. And when we zero in on the primary silver mines, we find that mine capacity, which is the amount of new metal expected to come online in any given year, is even worse. It's essentially disappeared. Annual additions to um, silver mine capacity from development projects have just fallen off the face of the earth. We've gone from what was in, let's say, 2012-13, around an average of 35 to 40 million ounces per year in development projects, down to 2009, which um, the CPM group measured at around 5 million. So again, you're, you're just dealing with, with existing projects that are running their course in the current geography they have. That, to me, says that in the next four or five years, we have major, major concerns. And we all know, fellas, what happens when the price starts to go higher. Uh, more people will start to tune in. More people will start to buy. And as we've always experienced, Guildhall will have more people buying at $25, $35, and $75 now. So then they do at 17 where it's one of the greatest values ever put before us and so when i look at this as a whole i love the idea that we're tracking the data which basically spells out for us higher prices remember the people that make money in this world hold assets the people that suffer or that lose hold debt it's a difference there is a difference you have to have hard assets in your portfolio and I'm going to take what you said, Darren and Paul. I'm going to I'm going to add to it. Paul, you were talking about inflation, holding silver against devaluing dollars, looking at the current supply issues, looking at all the paper promises versus physical. Darren, you're talking about all of these production, uh, you know, mine production way way down. Let's add to that the fact that silver is used in anything electronic, anything digital. Going forward, we know that it naturally absorbs bacteria, which is why it's in athletic clothing, um, so it reduces the, the smell, etc. Well, think about all the medical usages that are going to come, come into play with silver going forward, not only water purification and uh, you know transition lenses, mirrors, um, battery power, so many things that it's involved in, and in fact, there's more 
silver's just it, it it's such an incredibly needed uh asset out there and commodity that i think the demand on that side of things on the user side is going to be something that drives the demand up so not only is supply down but demand is going to rise not just from investor side but also from an industrial side but you've got to look at you know the, the joe public interest rates are so low you can't get money making money leaving it in the bank getting you interest everybody's looking for yield so you're pushed into the stock market to find them find the money it's, it's the casino you know and it's a momentum it's a train people follow things go up and they think it's never going to come down what goes up comes down and gold and silver have been so undervalued over the last 10 years that this is the time that people are going to smarten up we're seeing it every day we see more people purchasing gold and silver we had somebody that come, came in this morning just to see me to say you know I've been at home I haven't been going to restaurants I haven't been going shopping uh, I've saved three thousand dollars by not going out can I buy some gold for the three thousand dollars and I think I'll come back next week and buy some silver for the same amount for next month if you're looking to acquire physical precious metals gold silver we even have platinum as well whether it's in a registered account where it's allocated, segregated with access to go and personally audit your holdings, whether you want to hold it in a depository, do the same thing with no obligation, take delivery anytime, or just come in. As Paul mentioned, clients just coming in, ordering their product and just scheduling a pickup, you can do so. The website, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver We'll be right back with The Real Money Show. On Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver We've been talking about the supply-demand issues in the physical precious metals market, which we believe is going to push the prices of metals much, much higher. Match that with the fact that governments are printing a whole lot of money, which has actually led to the downgrade of the Canadian credit from AAA down to AA. And uh, I think, gentlemen, Paul, Darren, when we bring this together, we have this perfect storm because not only is... Uh, the pandemic forcing mining operations to slow down, but it's forced the economy to slow down and it's forcing governments to print more money. So we ha we had these situations and issues before, which was not enough output on the physical metal side and certainly governments were printing a lot of money. Remember, the, the, the balance sheet of the Fed before 2008 was under a trillion. It was like 750 billion-ish. They got it up to four and a half. Powell got it down to something like three point seven five trillion, and now they're back up to seven and a half trillion. So there's no new normal. I mean, there's no back to normal. Forget normal. It's never going to happen again. We're in completely uncharted territory where there's no physical product coming out. <laughs> the money being printed is extreme, and so where do the prices go, Paul? The prices are only going to go up. The smartest thing to do is to own physical gold and silver, whether you have it in a registered account, an RSP, TFSA, Lira, whatever, or have it in the depository, which is segregated, allocated to you. 
or even take it home if you feel safe having it at home. Uh, I don't like keeping product at home. I don't keep a nickel at home because who has to worry about home invasion or anything like that if you don't have the product? Why would you put your family in It could also get worse as the economy gets worse, right? Yeah. The, the thing is, you've got to look at hard assets. The next hard asset for me is natural fancy colored diamonds. And they're in these turbulent times, they've always held their value. Natural fancy colored diamonds like pinks from the Argyle mine, um, the larger diamonds over a half a carat have been going up about 30% a year. So when you buy an Argyle pink, a tender diamond, it's money in the bank. It's not an easy sell. You're not going to put it up on our website and sell it in one day or you know two days. Uh, you've got to find the buyer that, that understands the market and understands the value in owning such a terrific asset. Right. It's not always about liquidity. You know, the one of the things is is that is touted about stocks is how liquid it is. Well, it's not really liquid if you're down fifty percent. I mean, if you talk to someone who's still holding a pot stock, right, and they've you know they didn't get out and now they're down, it's yeah, it's liquid. But it's not really liquid because now you're stuck waiting for it to rise up in you're, price. You're waiting for the high. You're waiting. You're waiting for the high. But uh, with with a natural fancy colored diamond, okay, it could take time to sell, but you haven't lost the value it's of really it. That's the key. Investment. Whether you start off with a small fancy yellow, a carrot, internally flawless, you know, you're talking, you know, ten, eleven thousand dollars, twelve thousand dollars for internally flawless yellow. Uh, an intense, you're looking at maybe twenty-two to twenty-five thousand dollars for the same carrot. To get in a vivid, you're looking at thirty-five, forty thousand dollars. It's what you get for your money. The, it's like real estate. It's location, location, location. It's the same with a natural fancy colored diamond. Nobody day trades their house. You don't have to day trade a diamond. It's just going to go up in value. Now, Darren, you recently just had a client acquire a couple uh, pink diamonds, and I wanted to ask you, just since we're having this conversation, um, what was the motivation for your client? What was uh, the reasons why they decided, you know what, yes, I want to jump into the pink color diamond market? Well, certainly the Argyle story is uh, probably the largest contributor to his having decided to take two pink diamonds. And ultimately, that's something I think many people are aware of, but only so many can afford to do. Uh, in this particular individual's case, he has the where the means and, and is an entrepreneur and owns a company and has the money to do it. Uh, but also, too, his experience more recently, he's a younger uh, gentleman, but his experience more recently in what he determined uh, to be one of the most awkward situations he had ever faced, which was his overall portfolio management, which was, as he coined it, a mismanagement of sorts, and um, really not getting the, the advice he thought was, was needed and necessary to be supported during this time. And I mean, you know, from, from getting flailing uh, answers about whether to sell or hold or back and forth, and also, too, the amount of people that he actually spoke with. It was never one person that was dedicated to his portfolio. Uh, and, you know, and he had a couple hundred thousand dollars in that portfolio. It was always a different person. Every time he called, he never spoke to the same person twice. And there was no proactivity. He was not getting phone calls ahead of these problems happening. And he felt, you know, what do I have to do? Put a million dollars into a portfolio before somebody actually gives me some advice or actually cares enough to give me a call? And those were contributors, the major contributors, the lack of client uh, service and the uh, the story of Argyle Pinks, which he believed uh, very heavily in, as we do, 
those led him to buy the two diamonds. He's happy. He gave great positive feedback, and he's very excited. We're happy to have him as part of our client base, and I think he would share that story with anyone that would be willing to listen. Paul, I think that 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 really sums up a lot. This idea that in most portfolios, it's there's this idea of tinkering, tinkering, right? You have to tinker with it. But uh, you know, we have thirty seconds left. What do you think about the idea of having an asset where you don't have to tinker with it? Whether it's gold, whether it's silver, whether it's a natural fancy colored diamond, you can put put it away. Whether you put a diamond in a safe deposit box, whether you put it into a piece of jewelry uh, for your wife, which we call wealth to wear. Um, it's just going to increase in value. The very, very wealthy uh, have always owned natural fancy colored diamonds and they've done always extremely well. You see these products going into auction and they're fetching incredible prices. The same with art. It's a one of a kind. That's what makes money. We have lots of information on natural fancy colored diamonds. Just give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver or go to the website, guildhallwealth.com. We also have a great newsletter. Please subscribe to the newsletter and get update, updates on the markets and see what's happening and learn about physical gold, physical silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. If you've missed an episode of The Real Money Show, please go to YouTube, our YouTube channel, and you can listen to past episodes there. Darren, it's been uh, great talking with you today. Paul, great talking with you. This has been The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.